You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Permission 2. I'm so excited, it's the 20th of December, so I've got one more uh, day in my business and then I'm taking a full 10 days off, but I'm recording some podcasts for you now so that you have got some beautiful resources to kind of work through um between new years between christmas and new years or in the new year if you desire to but also full permission you know not that you need permission from me but reminder (laughs) to give yourself permission if you desire to 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 make this a spacious um process you know between christmas and new year um sometimes there can be this kind of sense of oh my god i have to set my goals because it's like New Year's Eve or I have to do my reflection before this date. And obviously what I know to be true is all of those things are just false rules. Um, You get to make up your own rules. So decide how you want to do um, this episode alongside with me based on where you're at and your deepest desires. So today I'm going to be sharing part one of how I plan my year as someone who's deeply ambitious and sensitive. So part one is going to be reflection. And it's going to be a little bit Dear Diary style where I'm going to share the highs and lows of my 2023. Uh, and I'm also sharing the the process that I use to reflect on my year. So if you haven't already got your workbook, uh, you can jump in the email and download it there or jump in the show notes and download it there. Um, because I want you to be able to do this process alongside me and... Part two will be more planning, intention setting, goal setting. So do not skip (laughs) the reflective. Do not skip the reflective part. I really encourage you not to to do that because um, there can be this temptation to just go, oh, this was a hard year or I'm just ready to end this year. But I, um, I, and I really want to set my goals and my intentions for 2024. Uh, and I get that. Like, if you're feeling that, of course, like, you know, um, you have every right to feel that. I know so many um, of my clients that I've been speaking to are just kind of feeling really ready to wrap up this year. Uh, but the, the risk with skipping the reflection and just going straight to planning and intention setting is that you are going to miss out on the lessons that you've learned this year, you know? So things will have happened this year. There will have been lessons learned and we need to kind of make sure they're in our awareness um, and that we are able to kind of work through them and move through them before we set our goals. Otherwise we might end up kind of repeating the same patterns from this year, um, next year. And obviously that's not something we want. So I think that if I 
could give you a suggestion, I would try and allow an hour, at least an hour to go through the reflection part of this process and then at least an hour for goal setting. Yeah. So obviously I'm a big believer in reflection and it's something that I support my clients with, my one-on-one clients, my women in permission granted is to always be reflecting and it's something that hopefully you're doing on in an ongoing basis, but it's still important to just carve out some time to really reflect for the end of the year. Uh, and if you are someone who feels things really deeply, uh, maybe you just don't subscribe to the traditional kind of version of success, hustle culture, all of those things, then this um, intention setting and reflection process is for you because I've made it really gentle, uh, really nourishing. And the whole like vibe of this is we do it, we reflect and we set goals and we plan with grace, with compassion and with self-acceptance. So don't go feeling like you have to make massive changes to who you are or to your life just because it's 2024, depending on when you're listening to this, because there there can be this dance that I um, really support my clients with between the desire for growth and change and also the need for self-acceptance. And sometimes, especially if you spend a lot of time in the online world or if you're really into self-development, uh, which a lot of women in Permission Granted are, there can be this almost like, need um, to constantly be changing and constantly be growing. And I do believe there are seasons where we are growing, we are expanding, we are changing. There are also seasons where we actually need to really maybe accept where we are and and do more of that deeper self-acceptance work of just like really loving ourselves and accepting ourselves for who we are. And knowing how to um, navigate between those two modes, like knowing when to work on change and when to work on accepting yourself uh, is, is really nuanced work that's very personalized. So yeah, just... A reminder that you don't need to go and change your whole life tomorrow. Um, if you want to, if that's a season you're in and you're like raring to go and you're so here for change, I'm so here for that. Um, and like, it's something I love to support people with is making change. But I also think we need to honor and celebrate the, the seasons when we're more accepting ourselves and consolidating the lessons we've already learned perhaps. So the way I start with my reflection, I actually do it a little bit back to forwards from some some people. I like to start with the celebrations because I think it really supports my energy uh, when I'm reflecting to start first with celebrating and honoring myself um, before I go into reflecting on perhaps the harder times and the, the lessons. So I am going to start with a celebration. So the, the question I love is celebrate your personal milestones, discoveries, adventures, and moments you want to savor. Uh, and this is a reminder that you're allowed to celebrate yourself even in the toughest of years. Uh, don't force it, but if you feel like you can kind of soften and celebrate, there will 
always be like little micro moments of joy to be noticed. Uh, And when we savor those joyful experiences, we experience the psychological benefits of that experience over and over again. And it's funny, even as I'm talking about the celebrations that are about to come, I can feel my, like my smiles getting bigger and my moods lifting because there is a lot for me to celebrate this year. So dear diary style, I'm just going to like share everything that I'm celebrating. Uh, Firstly, with my business, I began to run retreats, really beautiful, intimate group retreats in my home. And it was just such a highlight of my year. Like there was just something that was pure magic about that for me. Uh, I launched Slow the Mastermind with Jess Miller. Um, I'll pop a link in the show notes about that as well if you want to hear more about that. Uh, We traveled as a family to the UK and to Paris, and I ran a retreat in London with my friend and colleague, Michaela, who's a clinical psychologist. And again, that was incredible. It was this beautiful, intimate, long lunch in London, and we had Women, one of my beautiful clients um, who's done permission granted twice now came over. She was living in Europe and she flew to London for the event. Uh, And we had someone from Scotland and I think two uh, local women living in London. And yeah, it was just incredible to to be able to bring women from different parts of the world together uh, to enjoy this long lunch and this retreat. Uh, Yeah, as a family, like definitely the highlight was going to Disneyland Paris. (laughs) Anyone who watched my stories, like I said, I don't think we're like Disney people. Uh, And then there was just something because I don't really like the royal show. I don't like like busy, crowded things are just not for me. And thankfully, my eldest daughter doesn't seem to either. So I just wasn't sure if we would enjoy Disneyland. I kind of went in with pretty low expectations, thought, oh, yeah, we might stay for half the day. But we didn't leave until like 9, 10 o'clock at night. You know, we had a, a toddler with us. Otherwise, we probably would have stayed for the fireworks and the whole thing. But, oh, we just it was just pure joy. Uh, just and it's so spacious and beautifully designed. Um, you know me, I love like a good minimalist design. And yeah, Disneyland Paris was just all the things. Uh, And just being in Paris as a family, seeing our friends and family in the UK, that was an absolute highlight. Um, And then I guess once I've shared the lessons, I might share a little bit more of like the deeper celebrations because I think also there's a lot to celebrate. Um, I did have a lot of down times this year and a lot of challenging times. But I'm really proud of how compassionate I was with myself, how um, accepting I was of myself, how much my self-worth just stayed at like a really good base level. So there's so much to celebrate there. Uh, Now, in terms of the lessons and what I learned, (laughs) I feel like this could be like a three hour episode, but I am just going to, you know run you through a couple of the main lessons and um, if you've got your diary or you've got your workbook with you um, I really encourage you to make sure you dive deep into this part and can you be honest with yourself without being hard on yourself because I find sometimes when people think yep okay I've got to unpack my life lessons I've got to you know get really honest with myself about you know what were my patterns this year how did I show up in the world what do I need to change and there can almost be this harshness and this push pushing to it. 
Uh, So I really encourage you to make sure that you're doing this in a really soft and compassionate and loving way. Always viewing yourself through the lens of love and knowing that as humans, we are so wise. And so often the things that we do, even if they're unhelpful on one level, we often are trying to protect ourselves on another level, which is why I always view all of my mistakes, all of my lessons learned with um, through the lens of love and compassion. So my first lesson is a big one. Oh, I feel like maybe I will do a whole podcast episode on this one day. But my lesson was my journey as a mother won't be so linear. And no matter what is going on for my children, I need to keep coming back to deeply supporting myself. So I'm going to share more about that lesson. I find it very easy to prioritize myself um, when my kids are going well. Uh, that Obviously, it's something I support women with in Permission Granted. It's like one of the main things that I help my clients with is like how to prioritize yourself, how to prioritize your energy, how to prioritize the things that give you joy and pleasure. And But what I've realized this year is that when one or both of my children are struggling, I tend to forget about myself and my needs. And I think that's why one of the reasons why like the final term four of this year was pretty average, (laughs) pretty shit. Um, Yeah, there's a couple of reasons which I'll go into, but something that was really, really hard for me in general this year, but I felt like it kind of all came to a head in term four was the diagnosis of my eldest daughter with dyslexia. And um, we went through a six week, uh, very intense psychology assessment period at the end of um, term four. And I'm sharing the diagnosis of dyslexia with you because it is something that she shares really loudly and really proudly. Um, But there was other stuff that came up as well that is obviously private um, between us and I'll I'll keep that private. But what I will say is that um, dyslexia, for us as a family or for my daughter has been a lot harder than what people think it should be. (laughs) So I've had a lot of well-meaning friends and mums kind of say to me, oh, it's just dyslexia. Like everyone has it. And, um, you know, like, oh, like she'll be fine as an adult. And I absolutely know that my daughter will be fine as an adult. In fact, I believe that just having a a brain where you are dyslexic can give you some incredible um, skills in thinking differently and seeing the world differently. But when you're seven years old and you're a pretty high achieving individual, which my daughter seems to be, um, it can be really, really hard on your self-esteem. And this is where being a psychotherapist first before a mum can be like a blessing and a curse because I've worked with quite a few clients who had dyslexia or have dyslexia and who have quite traumatic memories of schooling, of childhood, of just how hard um, reading was. Uh, and, and yeah, it still impacts them as an adult. So I think for me, watching my daughter struggle with reading, with learning and the impact that had on her self-esteem was for me, it felt heartbreaking. And I know that other people might say, well, it's not a big deal or like you shouldn't have been as upset as you did. But but it's not always about the event (laughs) or the diagnosis. It's sometimes about our response to that and you know what what it meant for my daughter and what my daughter went through for the two years that kind of led to that diagnosis 
So, you know, I'm a deeply sensitive mama and I've got a deeply sensitive child and it's just been a really wild, really hard time. Um, And there's that saying that a parent is only as happy as their least happy child. And I really think a big part of my challenges this year have been watching my oldest struggle with, with some of those learning challenges. And yeah, I think if you ever know someone that's going through that, just remember that it, it might not be a big deal for them, but it might be more of a big deal as well, just depending on the child and how sensitive they are and how it impacts other areas of their life and their self-esteem. So it kind of uh, like it surprised me and then not surprised me how challenging motherhood has been this year because I did naively maybe think that motherhood would be this linear journey and that every year that my child got older it would get easier but like probably the last year has been one of the hardest years of being a mum in, in many ways for me and a celebration though I guess amongst that lesson is that I have been able to really hold my daughter's emotions um, because when I grew up as a child sometimes if I showed the true depths of my emotions like people would pull away um, or they would just pretend it wasn't happening Um, no one really knew how to be with emotions which I guess is very normal for many of us who grew up in the 80s Um, And so something that I did really well was that I was able to be there for my daughter and sit and hold her emotions. But what I realized afterwards, because sometimes her emotions would be really big, really strong, very intense. um, And I, yeah, I can celebrate that I'm really skilled at holding those emotions. I think I've been a great mum to her. Well, I've done, you know, the best that I can. But what I've not done so well, and this is where the lesson is at, is, is caring for myself afterwards like sometimes after holding those big emotions I would just feel really emotionally drained and also I stopped doing my dance classes this year because I just felt like I had too much going on with both the girls and my business and what I realized was like that even if um, one or both of my kids is ever going through a hard time I still need to find a way to prioritize me and, and like this, this lesson applies just as much to anyone who isn't a mama, right? Like maybe you're a, a cat mama or a dog mama, or you've got like friends that need you a lot, or your parents need you a lot. Like, um, all of us in our lives will have times when we're caring for someone or people need a lot from us. And I just think it's human. And, um, we're, especially as women, we're just conditioned to kind of drop ourselves first. So there you go. There's a lesson that <laughs> a bit of me needing to take my own medicine. You know, I'm always supporting other women to prioritize themselves, even when life is hard. Um, and I really dropped the ball on prioritizing me. So, yeah, that's my first lesson. I could go into it more. I will say that definitely my desire to protect my daughter from some of these really hard experiences that she's had in life was probably me also trying to protect little Sam. And I've realized like there's a lot of inner child work that I now need to do. Um, I've been working with a therapist for a while, so I'm going to continue that work with her. Um, So I might unpack that a little bit more next in next episode where I go into like intention setting. So lesson two, (laughs) Um, 
this is again leading into how like term four was just a bit of a write-off for me. So sometimes this lesson is sometimes no matter how well we set things up in life, life still happens. (laughs) Uh, So for example, the trip to the UK was amazing and I'm really proud of us because we were really assertive about what we needed traveling with a young um, child when you're still breastfeeding, um, traveling long distance like that when you're only traveling for three weeks. Uh, It's not something that I necessarily would choose for myself if I didn't have family commitments over there. I think probably once Frankie's like four or five travel is going to like long distance travel is going to be a lot more appealing, like short trips. Absolutely. But really long flights, like 20 hour flights. Mm, I don't know basically what happened for us. So we set up the trip so well, we had so much support. We had so much space. We basically had a week off when we got back from the UK and the trip went pretty well, but it was obviously stressful for my body on a level that I just, I didn't have control of because a week after we got back, maybe two weeks after we got back, um, I just, my health just crashed. Like I just couldn't, I was so tired. Uh, I didn't even have the energy to pick my daughter up from school. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was quite scary to be honest. Like just going from feeling totally okay to like, so flat, I felt quite depressed, but I was like, it was a, it was a weird experience of depression in that I don't have any reason. I was like, I don't have a reason to feel depressed. Like life is actually really good. And I'm like mentally quite happy, but my body, my emotions felt very flat, very sad. Um, so I went to my GP and I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, which when you look at the symptoms of that, there are a lot of symptoms that overlap with depression and So I've been on medication now for my thyroid for, yeah, almost like a good couple of months. And um, I'm going to get like checked and see how it's all going in the new year. But I can feel that the medication has worked, especially this last month. I've just noticed my energy has just picked up so much. And um, honestly, I mean, this is another lesson. Like I will just absolutely never take my health for granted because like when you feel that bad, you just, I just had to really drop everything. Like I, yeah, I'd stopped like marketing my business. Um, the podcast went a little bit off track. Uh, yeah, it was just really, really hard. And I think in that lesson, I don't really, I think it's an example where other than not going to the UK, which wasn't an option for us, like we needed to go to see family. Uh, I don't, know if there was much that I could have done to prevent that. Like I've been working with a naturopath. I've been doing lots to look after my health, but my physio was saying like sometimes just things like one-off stressful events can really affect your thyroid. And, um, you know, just flying 20 hours with a a toddler, um, still breastfeeding, like, you know, changing time zones twice in um, such a short period of time. I think all of that just really affected my health. And, so this is part of the lesson, right? That we don't always have control. Like, cause sometimes we can, I think as humans be, have a tendency to blame ourselves if our health does go off track a little bit. And, um, I had to be really compassionate with myself and really understanding that, Hey, um, you're going through this and it's not your fault. Um, what do we need to do now to kind of support you to recover? Um, the other lesson within this challenge was like, I started to feel 
really disappointed about where my business was at. And I started to notice this negative story about, oh, my business isn't going as well as I want it to. Um, And then I realized actually (laughs) my health and my family have been really challenging. Um, And that's really impacted my mental health. It's really impacted my business. So it's not my business that was the problem. It was what was going on in my life. And um, it's really interesting with me because I'm always a bit careful to share, like if I have gone through a hard time, because I don't want my clients to worry or think that I don't have capacity to support them. For me, as a highly sensitive person and, and just someone who's worked in like the social work, helping industry, therapy, coaching industry for like, like almost 20 years now, like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel, <laughs> that's crazy. Anyway, it's been a long time. What's interesting for me is that no matter what is going on in my life, generally, I get so much energy from serving my clients. So it didn't, all the stuff that was going on with my health, it didn't affect me being able to show up for the mastermind that Jess and I were running. It didn't affect me showing up for permission granted or my one-on-one clients. In fact, actually, I'm so grateful. And this is a lesson within it that when you have something that gives you meaning and purpose, it will support you to get through a hard time. Because now that I'm looking back, it was really like actually supporting my clients, creating Slow With Jess, which was just like such a highlight. Um, Yeah, running Permission Granted. Those are the things that like kept me well this year, that energized me, um, that filled my cup back up. But the bit of business that I just always struggle with if I'm not doing well is the marketing and the more business development growth side of it. So I think it's lucky I've been hanging out with Jess because she's so clever with strategy and evergreen and looking at things that you can have running behind the scenes when maybe you're not so well. Um, So I think that like she's just working with her on So The Mastermind, I think she's really rubbing off on me and I will definitely be looking at like ways that I can have my business growing behind the scenes if anything like that ever happens again when my health isn't great and I feel well enough to serve my clients but just not well enough to add all the extra things on. Yeah, so that was a big lesson. Um, I think everyone will probably have at least a couple of things that happened in the year that they didn't have control over. And that's where the, sometimes it's like knowing when to try and change a situation and when to try and accept it and be really compassionate with ourselves is so important. But they're, they're two of my main lessons. Uh, I really like to focus on where I, where did I stand in my power and own my strengths this year? It's a really powerful question. Like don't just look at the lessons of things that were hard, but also look at um, you and how powerful you are. Like, look at how you're here. Um, you're choosing to do the work. You're forgiving. You're learning. You're practicing compassion, and like, let yourself be inspired by you and your power. So, I invite you to write down some moments where you were in your power and owning your strengths and choices. Um, all of this is in the workbook, so you don't need to write it down. But. For me, I just did a quick three, owning my sensitivity. I've really stepped into owning that, hey, I'm a highly sensitive person um, and it's very likely that I am neurodivergent Um, and like really also noticing a pattern that I have 
a tendency to attract clients who are also highly sensitive and at times neurodivergent. I think that that has been really powerful for me. Um, owning my choice to be fully in a season where motherhood was a priority. It's like almost, okay, yes, I did forget to prioritize myself and that really affected my health and mental health at the end of the year. But also I did really choose to be there for my daughter when she needed me. And, um, you know, obviously as a social worker, as a psychotherapist, like I understand the mental health system and how like, um, broken it is at the moment. And so I really stepped into my power of advocating for my daughter and myself. Um, and yeah, just speaking my, I'm so much better at speaking my truth now and asking questions and saying what I think when I was younger, I just used to listen and agree with everyone else. So um yeah and an example of that is like with the uk trip we really spoke up about what we needed and made sure we had support uh i also like to do some reflective questions um like because of 2023 so uh because of 2023 i now believe even more deeply that i am enough I feel more like myself in these ways, embracing my sensitivity and high likelihood that I'm neurodivergent. Um, also accepting that a lot of the coaching industry isn't for me. I see a lot um, on Instagram and um, from coaches where I feel like there's this real message that you need to be like perfect to be successful. You need to be consistent to be successful. Um, you know, like I, I gave an example in my post about like, I'd seen a coach say something like, if you're not drinking like this amount of water every day, then, you know, how do you expect to run your business? And, um, yeah, just all these messages around, you've got to have the perfect morning routine and things like that. And I think I've really just embraced that those messages aren't for me and I'm not against those things like morning routines or making sure you drink enough water. They're all really important, but um, I don't find the, the way it's um, presented in the coaching industry very supportive um, for myself and for a lot of my clients. So I'm really starting to own my difference and find my voice. Uh, and I'll talk about that more in the next episode. But I really see myself ste stepping into my leadership era in 2024. Uh, I also realize how much I care, like deeply care about both my daughter's emotional well-being. I think Sometimes I put too much pressure on myself around that with my psychotherapy background and I'm working on, you know, prioritizing me a bit more in terms of what I'm releasing, what doesn't support me. So what doesn't support me that I can release in 2024? I'm going to be releasing these harmful habits, prioritizing my kids over me, um, canceling, <laughs> canceling gym sessions when I don't feel like going uh, that one's very nuanced, um, because I don't believe in like pushing yourself when you're not well either, or you need a break. But I think there's a real dance between like that whole concept of follow the plan, not the mood and like st sticking to a schedule and also, yeah, listening to your body when you're not well. Um, but I really want to, um, focus on increasing my physical health and strength next year. In 2024, I remember that I love being a CEO and prioritizing that is going to support my mental health. So really going all in on my business next year. Uh, in 2024, I will let go of my belief that, that I need to be perfect and that I need to be consistent to be successful. Because I think if you have good strategy, you can be successful 
without always being consistent and life isn't always going to be perfect. It's going to be messy, but I can still show up. So these are all the things that I am leaving behind for 2024. And I'm going to wrap the episode up here. You may want to, um, when you're doing the releasing, when you're doing the reflecting, if you want to add a little bit of ceremony to this, if it feels good, you could kind of safely burn the things that you're releasing or rip them up. You know, I encourage you to make the reflection part of this workshop yours. So when you look at the workbook, um, you know, make sure you give yourself some time and space to do it. Um, but you might want to like, you know, light a candle and have a beautiful drink and just put some music on a playlist on and, um, yeah, just really allow yourself to enjoy the experience of reflecting. Uh, I can't wait to, uh, jump in and share the next episode with you, which is all about intention and goal setting and my plans for 2024. Uh, but if you've listened, I would love to hear what your takeaways are. If you want to share even like a screenshot or a little snippet of your reflection, any lessons, I, I would absolutely be so grateful for that. Um, I'm always sharing from my heart here and I just am so grateful when um, people share back. So that's it. I hope you are having a beautiful December, January, whenever you're listening to this. And I will be back with you shortly for part two of how I plan my year as someone who is ambitious and sensitive.